For these last number of months, we've been talking about the one another's in Scripture, and uh, it, it really occurred to me that in order to be healthy in relationship, it really starts with a clear and accurate and understandable identity in terms of understanding who we are. Today, we're going to talk about identity. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years. and. So this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to our podcast. How's it going, Eric? Well, you know what? It couldn't be any better. It is a Friday morning. It's crisp. We're in the fall season. Driving over to your office, I I was going, I'm a blessed man to have a son-in-law like you. Oh, man. Well, you know what? I was driving here just thinking, this is so cool. And even as we were just talking about a minute ago, if these conversations were only for you and I, I'd do it every time. Absolutely. And we've been doing it. I just celebrated my 10-year wedding anniversary. Yep. And my relationship with your daughter was... Even from the very beginning, you and I have developed our own relationship. That's it. We've met up, shared a coffee, you know, talk, talked about life's issues. Yep. So here we are still doing it. Yeah, 10 years later. And uh, again, I always remember the start, but everything in between. It's really interesting because I've always said if you are able to have long-term relationships, you've learned to uh, wade through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. I honestly, in my relationship with you, have never been frustrated with you have never gotten angry, never been disappointed with you. That is that is that says something about who you are, not necessarily who I am, but who you are. Uh, well, it, it goes two ways. And what's <laughs> rad is we have been in situations with tension. I, I you know, just last summer with the boat uh, being underwater. You know, we just show up with a smile. For whatever reason, God's given us that gift where yeah. you and I are able to just Okay, let's figure it out. You know, we can be, you know, uh, some. We went to Haiti together. We've been (laughs) all over the place, and we just, I don't know, we've had a really cool endurance. Yeah. I love today's topic, so I want to jump into that. Yeah, and it, it really is. As I was thinking about the thing of how do we engage in healthy relationships, I mean, honestly, when the day is done, everybody wants to have healthy, engaging, if affirming and encouraging relationships. But so oftentimes our brokenness gets in the way. And one area of brokenness, and I'm too familiar with this, is a lack of a healthy identity. In other words, a sense of an accurate view of yourself. And I really didn't have it growing up. And, and, and I'm, I'm confident that many of our listeners had something in which it kind of skewed their view of themselves. And that's why Jesus said, as a man or a woman thinks of themselves, so they are. Mm-hmm. We act out of who we perceive ourselves to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, uh, you've... you've given me this, I call it a token, but uh, this 
adage where inaccurate perspective is so important in life. And I've kind of gone two ways with it in my own life. Because I've been, I think you first told me this probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have an accurate perspective, I, you know, where do I sit in position, you know, in relation to God? That, cre- that produces humility in with me. Yes. And then when I look at myself in comparison to where I could be in life, I can find confidence. So there's, to me, there's two sides to this coin. It can produce humility or confidence. Yes. Well, and, and, and again, people either don't, uh, they, they have too lowly a view of themselves or too high. Right. You know, lowly is, a, is almost a sense of false humility. And, uh, you know, and, and again, um, you know, for me, my identity was so skewed growing up because, you know, I had a, a mom who was an alcoholic, a dad who abandoned me when I was four and a half, a stepdad who had PTSD, and, and he was abusive. And, uh, and so there was a lot of name calling. There was a lot of uh, putting me in my place, putting me down. And, and what happens is in that beat down, if you will, I began to take on who they said I was. You'll never amount to anything. Mm. Can't you do anything right? Why the hell would you go to college? You're just stupid. And so, so, so growing up, I had these negative inputs. But the, the sad part is I believe them. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's pretty extreme right there. Yeah. But we've all been called maybe an idiot or stupid yeah. or, you know, just put down in some way, in different ways, right? Yeah. And I mean, your situation was certainly extreme, but it is easy to believe those lies, right? Oh, and even our self-talk. Right. You will call ourselves idiot, are you stupid? Yeah. You know, whatever it may be. And the problem is we live out of this identity. And so, so, the, so what I wanted to talk about today is how you formulate a clear identity. Cool. Remember, I, I wanna go back to that Jahari window you know, that there's the four quadrants of life. There's the things you know about yourself and people know. Like, you know, I'm an extrovert. Nobody nobody discounts that. I'm a morning person. If you're around me at all, you know I, I'm a 4.30 riser. You know, I'm high energy. So there's things that I know and people know. Then there's things I know that people don't know. Those are the things um, I, I usually don't reveal about myself. And, uh, and then the third quadrant is the things I don't know, but people know. Mm. Like somebody caught that I was a people pleaser years ago, and I didn't even see that in myself. But the, but the really dangerous area is things I don't know and people don't know. It's the broken parts. And so people really didn't understand when I was, uh, as a young adult, they couldn't really put their finger on it that I lacked self-confidence. And, and it, it showed itself in so many different ways. Mm. I was more than willing to put down another person, to either go to, go to slander or gossip. Because you ever wonder why people do that? I'm sure. But yeah, but, but why, why do I have to put somebody else down? It's all about ourselves, right? That's it, because if I put them down, I'm lifting me up. Like, I, I'm not like them. You know, I'm not so talkative, or I'm not this or that. It's it's an insecurity you feel about yourself. So people that slander, gossip, they're usually people that are insecure, mm. and that was me. There's there's other things as I was judgmental, you know, and it, not not just slander and gossip, but man, I would look at what other people did, and I kind of set myself above them. And you know, it's very interesting. Uh, there's uh, uh, probably the most 
well-known verse in the Bible is John 3.16. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So a lot of people can quote that verse, and that's good. The second most well-known verse in the Bible, even people that aren't familiar with the Bible know it, is do not judge. Mm. And, and, and in Matthew chapter 7, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I want to I go back and explain that. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? And then he goes on to call us hypocrites. Mm-hmm. What, he's, what he's getting at is, <clears throat> so whatever quality is in another person, you know, like, like I might look at somebody and, and say, um, you know, they're low in intelligence. Well, here, here's the reality is when it comes to intelligence, I'm not all-knowing. Nobody is, only God. You know, and so I might be a little bit more intelligent than another person. But on a spectrum, you know, there's things I don't know, just like there's things that other people don't know. So why would I judge somebody who's less intelligent than me? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe I have technical skill. Which is not true, uh, but but in in all seriousness, you've surprised me <laughs> sometimes. But but here's the thing: is whatever thing I could judge another person in, you know, uh, maybe they have a lying tongue, maybe they are impatient, maybe you know they're 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 not good in time management. Mm-hmm. Whatever I see in another person is in me. That's what Jesus is getting at. Why are you so worried about somebody else? And he says, so so here's what I want you to do, Eric. Take the log out of your eye before you take the speck out of yours. So, so what does this have to do with identity? Is I need to be self-aware. I need to know who I am. I need to continue to grow in, in my relationship with God, in my relationship with others. And I will tell you, when I have focused on that, it is amazing how much better my relationships are. Mm-hmm. Because what's the one thing you can control? Your side of the street. That's it. Right? Yeah. You draw, you draw a circle on, on the ground and you step into it. That's the one thing I can control. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, my attitude, my actions, my thoughts. Yeah. You've always told me I can I can only control my reaction, yeah. right? Because yeah. life throws us curveballs. Oh, my gosh, yes. So so what's the foundation of identity? It's an accurate view of yourself. So I, I wanted to give just some tools that help us to have a sense of who we are. And the first one is should be no surprise to you. How does God see me? Mm-hmm. See, and, and, and you know, when I first became a Christian, I was nervous because I, I felt so small. I was struggling with my self-esteem. But then I began to realize how God really saw me. Psalm 139 is probably one of the most beautiful psalms on the fact that God knows everything about me. Mm-hmm. He's always with me. And then in verses 13 through 18, he talks about the fact that I was woven together in my mother's womb. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. And the psalmist goes on to say, wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it well. Well, I didn't know it well, but now I do. Mm. I know that there is nobody like me. Right. Like, like you know, what's so amazing to me, it's, it's the miraculous thing is that nobody in the world that ever has been, is, or ever will be has my fingerprints, has my toe prints, has my eye prints. 
Does anybody sit for a second, especially evolutionists, and go, oh, we know why You know, we all have different eye prints and, and, and fingerprints? Nobody knows mm-hmm. other than God. He's telling me, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I start off with the fact that from the very beginning, God made something fearfully and wonderfully, and it was me. Then you know, I think of verses like Colossians 3.12, and, and, and in there, um, Paul sets down a foundation so beautiful. He says, so those chosen of God, holy and beloved. Imagine every day I wake up and I go, wow, God chose me. The creator of the universe chose to be in relationship with me. That's pretty dang awesome. Mm-hmm. And then he says, so those chosen of God, holy. Now, now I look at myself in the mirror, I go, how holy am I? <laughs> You know, well, it's what I know about myself, but but Jesus took care of all my sin at the cross. So my sins are forgiven, and then he imputed his righteousness so that God looks at me like he looks at his own son. That that blows me away. So I'm chosen, I'm holy, and then he says, and you are beloved. In other words, he just loves to watch me, be with me, talk with me. So So when it comes to self-esteem, the first thing you want to start with, a sense of identity, is how God views you. Yeah, it's encouraging. If you go to Scripture, it's encouraging. It is. And and if you grew up in, and I, I loved um, your, your, <coughs> excuse me, your assessment of my growing up. Mine was extreme. And I realized that. I was highly abused all through my childhood. And I realized most people didn't go through that. And, and, and that's fine. But like you said, in the world, it's kind of a beatdown. Mm-hmm. But it's so great to have that firm foundation of what God thinks of me. That's more important than anything, mm-hmm. right? So the first foundation for a clear or good identity is to see ourselves as God sees us. Now, what's next? Well, if you go in concentric circles, it starts with God. Then hopefully you do have a healthy family. Mm. And what your family thinks about you matters. And so hopefully there's family members who really care about you, who know you, who have walked with you in the, in the very difficult times of life and also your successes. And they affirm you, they encourage you. And so you go out to family, then you go out to friends. And, and again, what you wanna do is surround yourself, whether with family or friends, with people that put wind in your sails. Hmm. They're honest people. Like some of your best friends, like, you know, one of the things I admire about you, Michael, is you have some really good friends. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up with those good friends? Yeah, great. I was just going to ask you about this because with, with uh, some, not everyone has a family that affirms them or speaks honestly with them or cares about them, right? Not everyone has good friends. Um, it requires an investment from our side, right? Does yep. it? Yeah. Yep. So, like the reason I believe I have good friends, well, God's given them to me, but... I've invested in them and we've cultivated the relationship, right? That's it. That's one thing I, again, I see in you and you see in me is that investment. Is it, but, but here's the thing is, um, there, there are things called, there's things called boundaries. And that's up to me. In other words, what, who are the family members? Who are the friends that I let in close to me? Like, you know, even you, you look at Jesus, he had the 12 apostles. But if you know, uh, and you've read the Gospels, there are three of the apostles he led in even further to himself. That access, it's James, it's John, and it's Peter. There were things that he experienced with them he didn't experience with anybody else. So even Jesus 
not being preferential, but being wise, let them even closer than he did the others. So Jesus had friendships, and <coughs> this applies to family as well, is am I letting people into my life that are life-breathing? Like I, I, I think of, uh, you know, I love to get out on the water, and, and sailing is just awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, what do, you, what do you need when you sail? You need wind in your sails. Right. Well, if you use that as a metaphor for life, I want people in my life that breathe wind into my sails, not suck the wind out mm -hmm. where, where it just stymies me or, or, or conflicts me. And uh, I know earlier in my life, I was what I would call too nice. I let unhealthy people into my life, and, and they sucked life out of me. Mm -hmm. And there was not a reciprocal nature in the relationship. I was giving in the relationship, but not receiving. Mm -hmm. Relationships have to be both. Yeah, well, I, I, <coughs> let me just ask you about this, because sometimes there's a risk in the in, initially, for sure, and sometimes it continues, but like taking that leap, first step of faith where just trusting someone that maybe you're not sure you can trust. Well, yeah. I know the Bible says be slow to trust, but um, like one of my great friends is Emmy, right? Yeah. We hardly knew each other. And somehow the opportunity arose that we could be roommates. And we just kind of went for it. And it was a risk. And here we are years and years later, we've become great friends. But like, I remember just being like, all right, there's nobody else. This is, you know, we both kind of want the same thing. Like, okay, let's just go for it. Mm -hmm. And we took that risk, and it, it it could have gone the other way. It could have blown up. We could have had a really hard time living together. We could have, but it worked out. And so, I think um, I developed at a young age uh, the ability to go through those seasons where if it doesn't work out, and I you know I enter into a friendship that we just have different lives. It's okay. I can always, you know, I can, I know how to make friends right? and not everyone has to be my friend. That's it. And, and again, you're only going to have so many really close friends. Usually it's two or three. Right. Then you have a little bit larger, much like Jesus with the disciples, there was 12. Then he went to the 70 and, and so on. And so there's acquaintances. But, but here's the point is I have a decision in every relationship and I want people that speak truth into me. Sometimes the, the, the friend that is the deepest is the one, you know, like, like Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. They're willing to speak truth when they see something that's off. Like, Eric, you, seem, you have seemed irritable recently. Or, Eric, you seem like uh, our relationship doesn't matter, mm -hmm. like you're not investing in it. And so those are the kind of friends you can trust, why they tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. And see, th this again goes to this identity. We first want to have a foundation of what God sees in us. But then we learn a lot about ourselves through the people that we let in. Mm -hmm. And if they're life-breathing, we become what it is God always wanted us to be. And man, that's when your life really, really is full. Mm -hmm. Because you, 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 uh, you're fueled by uh, people's sense of who you are. Because that's where we learn who we are is through community. Right. I remember when I was first getting to know you, we sat down at dinner one night and you go, Michael, I'm the wealthiest man in a, on earth or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, that's a bold thing to say. And you went on to explain to me that the relationships in your life were so rich. That's so, it. There you go. Yeah. So, so here's it. And we'll pause with this because I want to talk again more about identity next week is that um, <coughs> in, in every way you always want to sit and go, 
you know, evaluate, am I seeing myself as God sees me? And do I have the family and friends in my life that really breathe life into me? Because if not, I got to make some decisions. Because mm-hmm. there are people I let in, I later had to say, hey, we're not going to move forward. In other words, I wasn't going to deepen the relationship. And it, it was one was betrayal. One of my best friends just betrayed me, mm-hmm. and it was so painful. That's the risk of relationship. It's like when somebody gets married and then ends up divorcing. It's it's just devastating. But I, I've always known it was worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, because, again, the prize is healthy relationship that's life-breathing. And, and, again, that's where wealth is in life. It's in your relationships. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So Crystal and I have this sort of fun tradition that we've developed. Um, And it's not something we take very seriously, but we've continued to do it. Every year, we choose a word that Mm. that we're kind of going to focus on developing within ourselves. And some years, we really jump into it. Others, we kind of forget that we even chose a word. Um, Like this year, I don't even remember the word we chose. But um, our anniversary is October 27th. It was yesterday. And so it's kind of that towards the end of the year, we usually talk about it. So we uh, we chose our word for 2023, Mm. and it's going to be curiosity. Mm. And we really had this great conversation about how curiosity can be led by different motives. Yeah. Right, I can be really judgmental in my curiosity. You okay. know, why would sure. you do that? Yeah. What were you doing? What were you thinking? Right, or I can be I can be led by seeking understanding of another person, oh. and that's the curiosity that we're hoping to develop and work on this year. Mm. And I just I think this is such a, a, a having a genuine curiosity so that we can understand people is such an important oh, thing, gosh. right? Gosh, well, you know. Uh, again, whoever's listening to this podcast, is that we're just about to go into election season. If I'm more interested in what another person's view is or opinion, man, it opens up conversation. In our culture today and in the United States, we're about making statements. We're about expressing what we think. And, you know, in some of the more um, uh, difficult conversations about abortion, about... um, immigration, about gender fluidity and all of that, is if I'm way more concerned about what you think, the conversation is so much easier. You know, I'll close with this. There was a guy that walked by our house, and it had just been when the (coughs) Supreme Court (coughs) ruled that it should be the states that decide abortion. They weren't wiping out abortion, even though I wish we would. But he he stops, and he, he just goes, can you... And he goes, effing believe this, that they would they would take away abortion. And I go, man, you got some str- a strong opinion now. I don't even know this guy. He went off the next 20 minutes telling me all about why he thought their decision was wrong and they're a bunch of anarchists and all this. And I just listened. Mm-hmm. And he literally looks at me and goes, well, what about you? What do you think? <laughs> I go, do you really want to know? Well, he doesn't know my story that my mom sought to abort me in 1956, and I'm pretty darn glad she didn't. Right. And that there was no doctor that would do it. But here's my point. Because I listened to him, he actually listened to me, even though we had incredibly contrary views about abortion. Yeah. That's what we need. 
We need people that are, are open to different ideas. I love that you're going to be curious in 2023. <laughs> One of the best qualities that you can have to be curious about why somebody feels the way they do, why they have the opinions the way they do. That's when you deepen relationship. Yep, absolutely. Well, Michael, this was a good session. Yes, and I look forward to our next one. Thank you so much for for these great tools. I just want to just um, clarify. So the first was to get an accurate perspective of how God sees us. Yes. And then uh, we went to family and friends, yes. right? And so, and then... Uh, can you just? I'm sorry. Can you revisit what are those? Those the tool? Can you yeah, just the, give us a framework? The tool is is to is to understand how God sees me, and then uh, surround myself with people that surround. speak the truth into me about what they see. And it can be the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, one thing I love about my wife, she's a truth teller. Always has been. Always will be. I'm a better man because of her. Mm. And and so you want people in your life that speak truth into you and give you a good sense of of who you are. And uh, man, when you have that, then you can respond in a healthy way. Because the person you have to be careful of, defensiveness. When a person's defensive, you already know this. They don't have an accurate view of themselves. Mm. Because why are they having to be defensive? Right. See, if somebody points out something negative in me or, or that was wrong, I go, oh, you know, that's true. I don't have to be worried about it. See? So it's, it's just foundationally what God thinks and then the healthy people in my life and what they think about me. That gives me a sense of who I am in the world. Cool. That yep. is so practical. Definitely going to focus on it in my own life. So thank you so much. Look forward to next time. There we go. All right. See you later, Michael.